0: But
1: we're here for a real education. Dee, 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 dee Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie cutout, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And uh, we have a special guest today. We're going to call him uh, Movie Negative Space. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: my. That's, that's tough but fair.
1: Sidious. <laughs> Hello, Sidious. Welcome to A Real Education podcast. Hello. This is your first time on A Real Education, isn't uh, it?
0: Well, First time as an official guest. I've been in the audience for some of your like, okay. viewings. That, like, yeah, your you've trial been in some so. of our yeah. live stuff.
1: So, yeah. uh, so uh, the movie we are watching today is The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. Mm-hmm. And Sidious, what I need you to do as our official uh, virgin for this film, well, although I am also a virgin for this film. But are. still, uh, what you need to tell us what you know about this film.
0: Um, its title is The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Ooh. there ends my knowledge Very um, right. I, I have a sense from from uh, like when you guys put out the feelers for needing someone for this movie that it's either late 30s early 40s maybe somewhere okay. in there and I think maybe even black and white I'm not sure on that part either Ooh. but if I were to guess anything that's about as much even guesswork as I can go with so okay.
1: okay now I of course have to share what I know about this film and I'll try and do it in a non-spoilers fashion because I do indeed know a lot about this film. I just haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, The Adventures of Prince Ahmed is uh, if not the first feature-length animated film the oldest feature-length animated film that we still have a copy of. Oh neat.
2: Uh, There are two Argentinian feature-length animated films that may have beaten this one's record by like five minutes but uh, they are Long gone. They They are are lost. lost.
1: Mm-hmm. lost in in the same vault with London After Midnight, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, uh, I believe, 1920s. It's a silent film. It is, 1926. Um, and uh, it is uh, done in a style, the reason the, my introduction might have given away, mm-hmm. that it's uh, the animation style is paper cutouts, if I uh, yes. remember correctly. Correct. So, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of people say that Snow White and Seven Dwarves is the first feature-length animated film, mm-hmm. and it more to, fair to say it's the first mainstream feature yeah, no, feature-length or, animated film or
2: american uh, one or,
0: or cell or, or animated so, so when we're talking cutouts are we like south park
2: kind of kind of yeah okay um, no, um, I'll, I'll, with, I'll, I'll get into uh the origin of this film a little bit more in the intro than i usually do because i think it's it gives um context to what you're watching and makes it all the more impressive if you know the stuff uh, ahead of time. So this is a movie made by Lottie Reniger, who was a German uh, animator in the 1920s. She was born in 1899, and uh, when she was a teenager, she was very interested in the art of Chinese shadow puppetry. So, you know, the putting the cutouts with a light behind them w- shining on a screen, and then there's you put on a puppet show. And she did a lot of this and she got into theater and then eventually she got into filmmaking. And so she developed an animation style that was completely comprised of taking either thin sheets of cardboard or thin sheets of lead and sewing them together with thread and making them move. So kind of South Park-ish, but um, it's all in silhouette. So You have a field of light with the shadows across it, and with uh, some exceptions to uh, how she makes the imagery, and you'll see a lot of it in the movie. But her sense of design is wonderful, and uh, her animation style. She was actually doing animation at 24 frames per second, which is really remarkable, given that a lot of times nowadays... um, animators will animate on twos or threes which means every second frame is a new image or every third frame is a new image uh just to you know move the process along faster so you're not taking as many photos to to get your final project well she was hand animating the stuff at 24 frames per second and it took her four years to make this film right so it and she did it feature length and uh yeah i can get more into her biography afterwards but it's it's a really impressive feat and um it's a wonderful little movie to watch so there you go Mm -hmm. and uh with that
1: we are going to go off and watch the movie which is something that you if you're a regular listener to this podcast can do as well you don't have to but it's going to make what we talk about after the break Mm -hmm. a lot more interesting yes
2: oh i i will make one recommendation it is tough to find this movie at the moment so uh there is a copy on fandor right now streaming and you can get at fandor movies if you sign up the for like the free trial and then go to amazon prime and, and stream them through amazon so you can do that and uh if you already have amazon prime that's essentially seeing it for free on the on the free trial there you go and you can also see portions of the movie on youtube and they're all over the place or if you speak spanish and or german there is a copy on vimeo for free that has spanish subtitles with the original german title cards so there you go okay. <laughs> uh, lots of options our option uh is the fa- fan go away yeah uh, so Maybe fandor fandor excuse me fandor there's also so. a beautiful dvd by milestone but it it's not getting delivered till tomorrow Boo hoo. I'm bitter. bitter.
1: Yes. (laughs) Melissa is bitter. (laughs) I am bitter. We are now going to watch the film while Melissa is bitter. We'll see how that goes. We'll be back. We are back. Many demons have been slaughtered. Many uh, women have been nearly raped. Um, <laughs> well, really, just two women have been yeah. nearly raped. Yeah. Uh, and uh, many magicians have engaged in battles. So yes. uh, we are done watching uh, the uh, adventures of Prince Ahmed. 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 And it's uh a tra- Oh wait. <laughs> wrong Francis. Not
2: Akbar. Not Akbar. No.
1: And, and <laughs> you as went as, deep for that one. As is our want, we need to start by asking... that far. We need to start by asking Cedius, our movie novice, uh, what did you think of the film?
0: Oh, it was very, very pretty. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I guess... The, the, the art style kind of reminded me a little bit, I mean, it, it's certainly different, but it reminded me a little bit of the scene in uh, The Deathly Hallows, where they're seeing the, the backstory of how Death gave up his stuff. Yep. The, um, and that
2: is exactly where it was drawn yeah.
0: from. And so, uh, I was like, ooh, I, I've seen something like this before, it's going to be really interesting to see you know probably what the inspiration for that Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. um i think i've actually seen another piece or two that are done in this style i can't for the life of me think what they were but i've seen this before um and it's always fun to watch
2: yeah i really enjoy it she made about 40 films after this and uh most of them short films but there were some other feature-length ones and she did uh she did a lot of work throughout her, her life she passed away in um i think it was 1983 1981 So she was around a good long time and uh, even was designing logos for companies and uh, did all sorts of just work designing these silhouette pieces of art. And uh, she was just amazing where, like, you could just hand her a piece of paper and a pair of scissors and she'd just make portraits of people in silhouette. So unfortunately, dear listeners, she did not have a tragic death. I'm sorry. She did not. She she lived a long and, uh, well... She, she had some issues because she was in Germany when the Nazis were coming to power and she and her husband were big lefties, which means uh, they had to get out by about 1936. But uh, I should mention him, too. His name was Karl Koch, and uh, he was the gentleman who did all the photography for Prince Ahmed. And uh, they collaborated very strongly throughout their lives. And uh, when Karl uh, passed away in 1963... There was about 10 years when Lottie just really didn't do much of anything. Hmm. But um, when, they left, th- when they left Germany in 1936, um, the, the person who actually wrangled the visas for them was Jean Renoir, who uh, Lottie knew and collaborated with a lot. And actually, Carl Koch was his uh, assistant for several films, including like uh, uh, The Grand Illusion, which is a movie we should do for this podcast. But uh, once they left Germany, there was about 11 years where they, they no uh, country would offer them permanent visas to stay there. So they just moved country to country whenever their visa uh, ran out. And uh, so pretty much they were supported by uh, Jean Renoir and uh, Lucina Visconti moving all all around Europe. And they landed in England for a while and then... Think there was a short stint in america but mostly england and then back in germany but, so, so they didn't a little, meet a tragic rough. end but uh yeah. world war ii kind of screwed them over a little bit oh quite a bit like even even it even got bad enough that in like 1944 they wound up having to go back to germany to take care of lottie's mother who was sick and dying and you know 1944 germany is nowhere that you should be
1: <laughs> no no that no, was a bad time to be in germany
2: very bad very bad. Yeah, she was when she was there. She was forced to make uh, propaganda films for the Third Reich, which she was not happy about at all.
1: But. No, I don't imagine. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, <clears throat> I think uh, I you know obviously the art uh, was really good. What what struck me was seeing how much uh, you know obviously anything that that's first mm-hmm. that that people know and remember is going to have influence and just seeing some of those influences that that uh, I hadn't necessarily oh, expected. I mean, obviously there's the Aladdin story in there and there are parts of that story that it's like, wow, I'm pretty sure Disney just lifted this this concept mm-hmm. straight
0: up for Aladdin. Well, 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 the, well I mean the story of Aladdin's the story of Aladdin, so I mean, well, I don't yeah, know how much of that It's is. a 1001
2: Arabian Nights. This sure, is this, one of the specific stories from Sure, it. but the story of
1: the story of Aladdin is Changed considerably by Disney, mm-hmm. and there are things within it, like the fact that Boy Jafar has a striking resemblance to that <laughs> yeah. evil magician in well, this film. He,
2: even in in the movie Aladdin, if I remember it, right, there is a character early on in the movie that is Prince Ahmed. Like they call him by the name Prince Ahmed. That's possible. Yeah. I. I uh, I mean, I, it, I haven't seen Aladdin in a long yeah. time, but there. But there, I mean, there there's also
1: there's also it. a clear influence on the Wizards
2: duel and the sword Oh the stone. yeah. Oh yes, that's exactly where th- this is exactly where that comes from. Yeah. And uh, e- like even the uh, bit with Mickey Mouse going up to the podium in Fantasia, uh-huh. with the with the silhouette. Thing happening there uh, the opening credits to Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events uh-huh. the 2004 movie <clears throat> and I think there's even a Steven Universe episode now <laughs> that uses the kind of the silhouette style of yeah
1: and it's animation. not even just the style as much as you know clearly people that had seen that movie and were influenced to mm-hmm. to build an homage of, to, to it into, yeah. into their film you know, mm-hmm. or or you know, like I say, the wizard duel and the sword and the stone, which clearly, you know, they have the whole wizard duel with the wizards turning into animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in this film, and <clears throat> I that's, really
2: that's I, what I, I, it is. Yeah. That's what
0: it is. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to watch, because done in this style, it's that's a, a really different thing to to experience. too. the the Disney animation, I mean, it it it's the cell and you just you see them just kind of pop and change this was a swirl into a ball and come back out into something else it was it was it was very really very interestingly done mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. i i love the way i mean there's so many limitations that working in a silhouette gives you but there are so many freedoms as well because the i love the transformation where like the the paper just you know crumples into a ball and then turns into something else or uh, i love the clothing you know mm. with, with the you know the the transparent lacy patterns on the yeah clothing, that had to be see. just a
1: real exciting
2: thing to put together <laughs> didn't it or uh one of the things that was developed for this movie is a very early predecessor of the multi uh the multi-layer camera where which is like if you saw the uh, the effect in modern animation, you can go, Oh, I know what you're talking about. So you have like multiple panes of glass at different uh, distances from the camera, and like the top layer is the, the layer that's closest to you, the second layer is like the mid ground, and the, the layer at the bottom is the background, and they can move in relationship to each other. So if you're like walking, the character is walking past, and you know how the foreground moves faster than the mid-ground that moves faster than the background but there's a sm- sl- uh, smooth movement that gives you this idea of 3D this, yeah. is, that is, this is the film where it was developed for so. I mean, there are some impressive techniques,
1: yeah. like when, you know, they're, they're leaving the realm of the witch and she's actually fading into the background and, mm-hmm. and growing more, more blurry, which would be, you know, an effect of the haze that effectively separates them. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was, I was like, wow, that, that is some super advanced technique mm-hmm. for somebody who's basically the first person doing this
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: to, to have, to have solved these problems.
2: Yeah, or the uh, the the scene at the end when all the demons are battling each other. You've got the foreground where it's all in in focus, but all the the battling is happening in this blurred out background, and there are two separate pieces of animation. But mm-hmm. it gives you this amazing sense of distance. Yeah, and then there were I mean there were multiple animation styles that would happen. We talked. We
1: commented on uh, the the water effects.
2: Oh, the water is mm-hmm. so. Crazy
1: beautiful,
0: (laughs) yeah.
2: Because it's just little little strips of paper that are moving around, but it looks.
0: I can see why this took four years to make, even though it's only an hour long. I mean, it's there's just the level of detail for animation at at, at that point was just.
2: Ninety-five thousand individual images. (laughs) And I mean. the there the, the, it's a silent yeah and a very early silent so there aren't a lot of credits no um, because it was it was her and her husband um, I know there were a couple of avant garde uh, uh, animators that she knew that who were collaborating with her and helping out but it. It was a small team, as it I understand seemed, it. Yeah, I was, I was guessing and, that
1: a huge percentage of this was mm-hmm. one woman.
2: Yeah, and uh, the, there's an original score that was composed specifically for the film by Wolfgang Zeller, and uh, really, that was about it. There, There's um, one of the animators I do know who worked on it was a gentleman named Walter Rydman, who did a lot of short films during this era, too, and he did a lot of the really kind of dreamlike Background stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, specifically who was doing background work, but yeah, it. it other than that, it's it's Lottie Renninger's game, <laughs> really.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of impressive to yeah. think that that yeah okay, it's this many images, but it's really one woman doing yeah a gigantic portion of it. I mean, I assume that she produced all of the all of the cutouts. Yeah, all the herself. cutouts. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were very definitely in the same style. And it probably would have been very difficult, certainly at that time, Mm -hmm. for her to be getting teaching somebody else to produce these cutouts that that would look like the same person had created them. Yeah. Um, You know, even in uh, modern Disney films, you know, different characters are given different animators.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they can really focus in on the one character and and it just takes so long Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't generate. imagine
0: taking the time to do all of that. I mean, I, I've, I've yeah. done, you know, just the, just the standard, like, paper doll cutouts take forever, as far as I'm concerned. So doing yeah. something as intricate as this would have been, like, whoa. Definitely a labor of love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and if she lived to the eighty, into, into
2: ninety, she must 81. have been pretty young. Yeah, uh, well, she, she was born was... in 99, so she started working on this when she was in her early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... that's uh, pretty
1: impressive as well i bet i will bet there is a lot of trivia that we haven't shared yet
2: i, I, have, some. I have, have some you
1: have some you have some that's there yeah you know, it's I not do, it's
2: not a huge mountain of trivia i do you know
1: we always comment about such things um you know i think it, it is always interesting to watch these movies of the era and note certain bits of coded Racism, like yeah. the fact that the villain is always referred to as the African, African magician, magician. Mm-hmm. and even though this is all in silo, and even though all of these characters are Muslim,
2: although I mean I think most the, of them, the resident, the the women on the island of Wakwak, I I think it's implied that they're they're black as well. Yeah, it might be. Well, because I, the 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 hair that they're depicted with. Uh, you know, I mean, it seems like the the secondary characteristics of black women.
0: So, yeah, I, that was the thing. Yeah. I was like, so she's the queen of the demons, but she doesn't look like the demons. How does that work? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little confused. But maybe if you're a high ranking demon, you can pass and and, and it, to really play with the metaphors, passing.
1: Yeah, but
2: I don't know. I, I don't know. yeah.
1: I don't know either. Yeah. But I, I, I just the fact that it was re- He regularly was referred to as the African magician,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And even though these characters are Arab, mm-hmm. um, there there was I think a certain level of implied racism there. Oh yeah, and
2: I think definitely in the uh, like the the design of the characters in China and you know there's absolutely yeah, yeah
1: the the Asian characters there's there's mm-hmm. definitely
2: a bit of racism
1: there too. And it, it, I mean it's it's. Notable more because it's not there. It's not intentional racism. No, it I is, don't think so. It is using foreign stereotypes to create villains. Yeah, and especially
2: um, when you're working in something so abstract as silhouettes, you're going to work. You're going to uh, caricature uh and like bad guys mm. are going to be more he- heavily caricatured than your your good guys and so that you know those secondary characteristics are going to get blown out of proportion and it gets really uncomfortable to look at that today
0: and with and with that in mind i was trying to figure out where i would place the witch because she was somewhere in between the look of the chinese and the look of the of the african mm-hmm. magician so would she be like Indian or Pakistani? I don't know. I and I
1: don't know, I, I, the thing I don't that know was if they've seen The thing that impressed me about that character mm-hmm. is she's designed to look villainous. And there's there's mm-hmm. even there's even that, that feeling as you're looking at that character and thinking about the other characters in the movie mm-hmm. that at some point she's gonna turn on on the heroes and they're gonna have to defeat her too. But it isn't that way at all. No. She's always a, a positive force, even though she's not, you know, I think in modern sensibilities we'd always want to make that character beautiful in some way. Right. Um and instead she has a, an us a almost demonic appearance to her but that appearance belies her true nature.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So she's Quasimodo?
2: Maybe. 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 I think she's just, you know, ugly cuz she's a witch but right. it doesn't necessarily she's are you a good? Witch or a bad witch, you know?
0: She's she's a good witch. She's a good witch, she's a good but she's
2: witch. not as pretty as Glinda. With a lot of fur <laughs> and <then A> lot <laughs> yeah. of, there's there hair yeah, or whatever or, it is uh, streamers. I don't know. I don't know. But again, because
0: we, can't, because we can't place her in this city, she's not a sandwich.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so there it is. All right,
2: and, <laughs> we'll just uh, move on from Melissa.
1: That. What do you have for uh, for trivia that we can uh, we can learn about this movie beyond well, what we've already learned?
2: Oh yeah, um, she used to. Uh, well, like I said. Oh no! I was talking about this while we were watching the movie, not during the intro. Okay, so um, when she started working in film, um, it was because she met a gentleman named Paul Wegener, who was the gentleman who directed movies like *Der Golem*, which was a very notable silent film, especially in terms of special effects and uh, you know, like magical storylines and such. And uh, she kind of came into learning about movies from him, and uh, she started doing a lot of the title cards for his movies. Like, particularly, he did a movie that was based on the Pied Piper of Hamlin. And so she did um, it, did the, the title cards for that, and even some of the special effects work. And while she was working on that, she also got into this experimental film college, which is where she met, met her husband. And then from there... Um, like, there was this whole little family of avant-garde animators that kind of formed around her, um, and they all worked together and collaborated, and eventually she started working for, like, Fritz Lang. She did a uh, special effects sequence for Fritz Lang and Der Nibelungen, and, uh, you know, doing short films and such, and then finally, in 1923, there was this guy named Louis Hagen who had um you know by 1923 the economy was tanking in germany and it sucked a lot so as like an investment scheme this guy bought a shit ton of film stock just a raw film stock and he's like "Eh, what am i gonna do with this so um he contacted Lottie Reiniger and he said why don't you make a feature-length uh animated film and she went well, that's a bucket of madness. And uh, <laughs> like everybody he talked to about it, it's like, are you nuts? And, you know, not just because of the time investment, but also uh, animated films at the time were considered to be, you know, like get in, make them laugh, get out. You know, it, like five minutes, you can hold their, you can hold an audience's attention for like five, maybe 10 minutes tops, but that's it. But carrying it out to feature length was just Nobody tried it before. Um, it, it was nuts. So uh, somehow she got uh, convinced to do it and start wor- started working on this. 'Cause yeah. you know, the power of free film stock apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, free film stock. You can't you can't go wrong with free
2: film stock. Yeah. And it, even when she I'd make an animated film if I had that much free film I wouldn't yeah. do that. I'm right. uh, that's yeah, a lie. Right. It, it's a yeah, lie. That's nuts. That's nuts. But uh even after she finished it, uh the film didn't find a distributor for over a year and finally it was Jean Renoir who um finagled a premiere in Paris. And then that was the first time the film was screened, and instantly audiences just fell in love with it, and it was a hit ever since.
0: I can definitely see why. I mean, it was, yeah. it was just really, really fun. It's were,
2: just hypnotic to watch. Yeah.
1: It is. Really. You, you were also talking about... I mean, it's a hand-tinted film, which I right. thought was uh, you know, fascinating. It's, it's amazing how you think of... The era in which that movie was released is being pre-color, and yet, you know, all of the backgrounds are color. There's never, yeah. a, never, if there's not a single frame of that film mm-hmm. that doesn't have color in it.
2: Yeah, and it's a that at least that process and with uh, her style of animation, it it fits really well because mm-hmm. it, you, you can just do these flat panels of color, and uh, it it just works with these black and white silhouettes so well but it's it's a rather simple form of hand tinting where you're just literally tinting the entire film stock and you're not going in and like hand tinting somebody's uh, coat or anything like that sure, like because we've you can seen tint, before <laughs> you can
1: tint the film stock and since yeah. the silhouettes are black and are, are black, mm-hmm. that tinting is not going to show up when right. you project it. So it's an easier way to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it got a little tricky to like reproduce such films um, once color film came into it because people were trying different methods of taking these tinted film prints and you know like transferring them to color stock but you know since by that time the real colors on the original print have faded so much you're not actually getting a true good color print on the on the print you're taking from the older film so what they did for this restoration which is I think the one that most people are going to wind up seeing because that's pretty much all that's out there now um is a restoration that was done in 1998 and 1999 and what they did is um because all of the German nitrate prints have been lost, they're gone. Uh, they had some black and white copies, and so the restoration team took the black and white copies, um, flashed them to an internegative, and then um, or an interprint, and then made a print from that and tinted that print to color. So they got some really nice crisp black and white images and then tinted afterwards
1: the digital era i th- would assume helps with that
2: kind yeah, of a restoration process but i mean as you well. know 1980 1999 they're not doing real heavy digital restoration yeah. until i i mean they're, they're i mean that's just the beginning of the dvd era so i mean only really prestige projects are going to digital restoration at that point so it's probably pretty much everything yeah so it's probably about due for another hit i'd love to see it go through the criterion team and uh get really nicely cleaned up because they actually go through and take the the little pops and uh dirt specks out and yeah and there's a although there there wasn't a ton of that in this it was was remarkably clean but you can still see the like you know there are black specks here and there and that's just a you know a hit of the the little uh cleanup tool and that's
1: gone. Done.
2: So uh, what else do we have for
1: trivia or, or other information that we need to share about the film?
2: Um, That's it. You know, that's about it. Um, there there are places that still have a, a lot of Lottie Renninger's work. There are two museums in Germany. Um, one of them in particular has a huge amount of the, the cutouts that were used for Prince Ahmed, And uh, so there's... A like a German Film Institute with a permanent, uh, just a permanent uh, gallery just dedicated to her work. And that's pretty lovely. And also the British Film Institute archive has a bunch of her stuff. So just the, the original tools of what she was using to make her animations cool. Yeah. So yeah, if you're in Germany yeah, you're it's in worth Germany, it to go Germany. check that out. So I
1: feel like uh, we might be getting to the point of final thoughts. Yeah, I think so. So let's throw the final thought to Cedius. Yes. Cedius, what is your final thought about The Adventures of Prince
0: Ahmed? Uh, my final thought on this is if you uh, have the opportunity to, to find this uh, definitely it's it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listen to a, a couple of movie podcasts. I don't frequently watch movies myself these days because I don't have the time. Um, this is one I'm, I'm certainly glad I took the time, uh, to watch, and I will actually probably try to find time to watch it again soon. It is, it is really, really good.
2: Melissa, what about your final thought? On June 2nd, 2016, Google had a Google doodle about Lottie Renegar. Hey! Can you find
1: that? Can you like look up Google Doodles? Yeah, you can.
2: uh, There's a spot on the Google website. You have to drill in to find it. But past Google Doodles are. I I remember that one. I do remember
1: that one. So, uh, and I guess uh, my final thought is just uh, you know, I think for a lot of people who aren't really into film, that silent movies often are, are challenging entry point yeah it's hard to get them into uh silent films but this movie i think is awfully accessible yeah um, yeah we started pretty late tonight but i, I felt like if my uh now 12 year old son had been if it hadn't have been basically his bedtime and we started watching the movie i think he might have gotten into it
2: yeah um, i think so
1: so you know i think uh As far as an entry point into some classic film, Mm -hmm. and and, and really being able to recognize influence on later work, Uh, this is a strong, strong movie. Uh, And speaking of influences on later work, Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to thematically bridge from this film, The Adventures of Prince Ahmed, into a film you might have heard of, a classic animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So, yeah. if uh, if, the, if the Adventures of Prince Achmed is the first feature-length animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs might might be the most influential. Yeah. Uh, feature-length animated film, and we're going to do that next. We actually found some people who haven't seen it, although I'm guessing when we ask them what they know about the film, They'll probably it's know going to be lot. a lot.
0: I also have never actually, as far as I know, seen that in full, mm-hmm. but I've seen enough of the clips that maybe I've seen most of it, and I just don't realize it. <laughs> so, there you go.
2: Yeah, I think that's where a lot of Americans are.
1: <laughs> but uh, but do join us, because it'll be a, fa- it'll be a good watch, and uh, it's a fine film. So, mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again, Cedius, for joining us. Did you hey, want to plug you. anything?
0: Well, I also am a podcaster. What? Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, both of the co-hosts here in the room have been on my show. What? And It was a miracle that Tim was there because it's about Scotch. It was not a miracle. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I said that with the irony of it was all of geeks without gods. Yeah, it was true. a play, and it's so anyway. True. Uh, yes, so you can find it at Scotch.XTLPodcast.com. Uh, the XTL stands for Extreme Tasting League because. I'm i had this silly idea that i would do different tasting shows i've managed to spin off wine but they came up with a cleverer name and so that's what yeah yeah so Basically. scotch.xtlpodcast.com listen to my shenanigans with a couple of co-hosts and uh, at least a guest every show uh tasting single malt whiskeys from around the world primarily scotland of course um and uh giving our opinions as j random person rather than you know looking at the tasting notes because sometimes we don't agree
2: mm-hmm.
0: there you go it so, saves you the cost of the bottle
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so you'll find out what scotch if you listen to my episode you'll find out which of the scotches we tasted that i would cook with so and there was
2: Oh. i know
1: right so uh, i was amazed too
2: yeah
1: so there you go uh and i'd uh, drink that one <laughs> and uh thanks for listening we'll catch you next time with snow white and the seven dwarves bye Yay. bye <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.